What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career. And in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet. And the John Cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John Cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. All right, welcome into the John Cast podcast. Very excited at the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament in Indianapolis, Indiana. Our guest today is Megan McEwen of the Big Ten Network, former Big Ten basketball player. And we'll start the uh, interview in just a second. But I want to remind everybody that this is the month that me and Julio, if you've ever been to me and Julio in Madison, it's in Fitchburg. It's right off of Lacey Road and Fish Hatchery Road. It's fantastic. Me and Julio, they've got the margaritas. Yeah. I like a good margarita. Oh, me and Julio has the great margaritas. This is Megan talking right now. It is me, yes. Yeah, it has the best margaritas. You can only pretty much have two. If you have more than two. I was going to say, can you only have one? Like, you have to have two at least, right? Yeah. If you're driving, you need one. If you've got somebody to drive, you could probably get two. But they've got the Bang Bang uh, shrimp and chicken tacos. It's fantastic. Next time you're in Madison doing a game, Megan, you have to go to me and Julio. I'm 100% going to me and Julio. I mean, I can only probably have one margarita if I'm working, but... If I'm driving through, like on my way, I go to Minnesota to the lakes every summer with my family. Oh, I might get two if I have a designated where driver. Where in Minnesota are you going? We go up to Brainerd, Minnesota. Wow, that's which a long is drive. three hours. Do you know where that is? Yeah, I'm from Minnesota. No way. Yeah, I'm from Southern Minnesota. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Look at <laughs> yeah. this. We're already clicking on all cylinders in yeah. here. So okay, so where do you go? Why do you go to Brainerd? That's a great question. My mom's side of the family is from Oklahoma, and one summer, like a hundred years ago, my grandparents drove up to till it was cool enough in the summer, and they landed on Brainerd, Minnesota, and we go to Pelican Lake. Okay. Every okay. single summer for like yeah. two weeks, it's the best place in the world, and it's great because like you do have some cell phone service, but I just like. I read a bunch of books, lay on the lake, and just chill. It's the best. People don't realize Minnesota is actually fantastic weather-wise from the months of like May through September. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, stay away. Yeah, then it's really cold, and yeah. like International Falls is like minus thirty and like, stuff. No, thank you. So I went camping for the first time. By the way, I'll get to my other sponsors here in just a second. I went I camping for the first time this year in um, the Boundary Waters near Canada, really? Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. in June. And it was spectacular. It was the, the the phones don't work that well. You get to go out on the lake. You're busy the whole time. You make your own fire. You make your food. It's so, so much fun. But that's when you know like it's a great vacation spot when you don't have great cell phone service. That's yes. where you're like, I know I'm where I need to be. Yes. 100%. That's the spot. Boundary Waters, southern, or northern Minnesota or Brainerd in northern Minnesota. But me and Julio is just starting on. So I'm so excited for me and Julio. We'll be giving away some gift cards to me and Julio a little bit later on and uh, listen for your chance to buy some discounted gift cards at me and Julio. It's going to be awesome. Plus Ian's pizza is also a sponsor of this podcast, uh, this podcast rather. Have you been to Ian's pizza? Do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, but I also love pizza. So this is the sponsorship's been great so far. Yeah. So pizza yeah. it's um, so they make like specialty pizza. So there's a Mac and cheese pizza. Ooh. Yeah. And they, they're always changing the menu. Like they have a Thanksgiving pizza around Thanksgiving time. Brilliant. Yeah. With cranberries and stuffing on like it. A turkey situation. Turkey, yeah. 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 I it's get fantastic. It. So we're doing a bracket contest so you can sign up right now at johncastpodcast.com and the winner will win a 58 inch 4k television courtesy of ian's pizza and this podcast and you can earn bonus points by listening to the podcast we'll have uh, bonus questions basically throughout the tournament that you can earn bonus points and one more thing scani t-shirts is another sponsor of this podcast What? yeah i know right 
Uh, I'm so fortunate right now. And yeah. uh, what we're doing is we're doing a five-week run of Wisconsin sports-themed T-shirts. This week, it is to um, commemorate. Now, this is a, an interesting one because I wanted to hold off on this T-shirt release until as late as possible because Aaron Rodgers um, obviously, his uh, future with the Green Bay Packers. I was going to say, is he coming back? Do we know yet? I have no idea. Yeah. But we What's have a on? Chico, California t-shirt. I don't know if you can see this right here, Megan. Oh, that's cool. It's Green Bay colors. It's, it's green, and then it's got the gold outline, and it's got the state of California on the outline of the gold, and Chico with a star. And it's just kind of, you know, you're a Packers fan, an Aaron Rodgers fan, Chico, California. Yeah. Um, so you can go get that at uh, johncastpodcast.com to help support this podcast, courtesy of Scotty T-shirts. we got our last T-shirt release coming up next week um, This uh, after this podcast. And so me and Julio, Ian's, and Scotty there. That's a great, honestly, that's a big triple. It's like a triple-double right there. I think so, right? <laughs> and I tell you it's what, like Scotty, a hundo P. And it's like Scani to me is like one of the coolest like nicknames for a college. And I like cover a lot of colleges. So I will mm-hmm. say like Scani to me, I'm always like, that's like, I wish that like I went to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. I wish we had something cool like that, but yeah. we, we do not. No, not. No. Well, I mean, you, you don't have, have any t-shirts. That, huh? No, but we have cats. Like we have nerd Western. I have a t-shirt that says oh. nerd Western, which is, you know, clever. Yeah. Um, I think that's I still clever. wear it, you know? Okay. Yeah. But All like, right. I think Scani just is a great rolls off the tongue. Well, I think it's a great nickname. So you're in Indianapolis, Megan McEwen, yeah, for the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament. How many years have you? This is your. How many years have you been doing this? Yeah, this is my second year as an second analyst. Year. Okay. Yeah, two years. Okay, so what are your thoughts on this year's tournament? Because, uh, I mean, you got Caitlin Clark in mm-hmm. Iowa. I mean, Nat, the Big Ten Player of the Year in Caitlin Clark. What are your thoughts on on this year's tournament, kind of in general? I guess I just think what's crazy, like, is this women's basketball tournament to me could be unpredictable and I think when you have a lot of conference tournaments like you look at a lot of the conferences across the country like you know South Carolina is probably going to make it to the championship game in the SEC like you know that Louisville right now is the favorite in the ACC to make it but right now in the Big Ten you have I think like five different teams that could potentially win this tournament and I, I you can't say that about very many other conferences like you take a look about how like the regular season ended for the Big Ten I mean, we were 72 hours out from the very last game, and there were still potential for three different teams to win it. So, like, you just don't have that parity everywhere. So, to me, like, I think this is going to be an insane ending. Like, I truly think that, like, Indiana could beat Maryland in the quarterfinals. I think that Northwestern could knock off Iowa. I really do, because Northwestern beat Iowa almost twice. They beat them first, and Iowa City then was a close game, and Evanston went to overtime. Like, any of these teams can knock off anybody, and that's what's the beauty of the Big Ten. But also, it's almost like the poison at the same time because, right, right. like, the committee, instead of a committee, um, you know, they only have about, like, six teams projected to get in right now. I think you could have potentially eight. But, like, everybody beats each other up night in and night out. So you don't necessarily like, get as much credit being a Big Ten team because the talent level is so good. Yeah. How about the Big Ten Player of the Year, Caitlin Clark? I mean, man, how about her? How about her? How fun is it to watch Caitlin Clark pull up from the logo and hit three pointers, finish with like triple doubles? Yeah, like her her talent is just unmatched. I think she's so good for the game of women's basketball. 
because she has eyeballs on the game right now and people mm-hmm. care. Like LeBron James is putting her on his Instagram story. Mm-hmm. So is Kevin Durant. I mean, like, come on. These it reminds are... me of like when Rachel Bannum was playing. Yeah. Kobe would like give her a shout out when she scored 60 or like, whatever. Like, it's so cool. And that was yeah. against Northwestern where she yeah, scored 60. But, you know, yeah. details, yeah. details. Um, <laughs> but, no, you know, Caitlin Clark is so good for the game of basketball right now. And she's one of those players, you know, we kind of talk about like the villains of college basketball almost. And like Clark is one. She's actually a great kid. Like, you know, you talk to her. She's so humble. She's has a great personality. She's very personable, really outgoing. Um, and I think she handles the attention that she gets so well. Because yeah. I know, like, you know, for that generation, you know, it's a generation driven by social media. And, like, last year during the NCAA tournament, she deleted social media off her phone mm. back before that matchup between Iowa and UConn. And she was playing against Paige Beckers. Which and she was, was like, amazing, like, must-watch TV. It was. Boy. Yeah, yeah. But she had the maturity to say, I couldn't handle it. Okay. And I just had to delete social media. So I have a lot of respect for Caitlin Clark, like, as a human, um, the way she's handled everything that's been thrown her way. And just throughout her career, what she's been able to do. But what's so funny, I was talking to someone earlier today. And it's amazing the numbers that she's putting up. You know, first and foremost, Caitlin Clark is averaging, I think, about 28 a game. She leads the nation in scoring. She leads the nation in assists. The only other player, men's or women's basketball, to ever lead the nation in assists and points per game was Trey Young, mm. who's had a pretty good basketball yeah, career. He's, been, he's pretty good. So she's, I mean, she's doing unprecedented things. But to me, like what makes Caitlin Clark like a pro is her facilitating ability. And the way that Clark sees the floor, especially in transition in the open floor, that's where she's so dangerous and nobody can really match her talent level. People can score points, but like, I don't think people can facilitate the way that Caitlin Clark can. And to me, that's why she's player of the year. Yeah, she's, she's phenomenal this season, facilitating, scoring, all of the above. So you played at Northwestern. Would you have liked to guard Caitlin Clark? How I would that... have hated it. Well, <laughs> we play that, a matchup. We play a matchup zone at uh, Northwestern. Okay. And um, so we all would have had to take turns. But you know what's interesting, actually? Northwestern matches up pretty well against Iowa regarding the defense. Um, just from the standpoint of Iowa plays a read and react offense, and Northwestern's defense has given them problems in the past. Actually, I think Northwestern held Caitlin Clark to her career low seven points last year. So... It's, it's interesting, but to me, like, Clark's so difficult to guard one-on-one. And I take a look at that Michigan game earlier this year between Iowa and Michigan. Like, Layla Filia of Michigan is a freshman, and she's an excellent defender. She's six feet tall. She has great length. She actually held Clark to, like, a really poor shooting percentage up until like, the fourth quarter. But Caitlin Clark is just so talented, and she's one of those players where, like, some people would watch her and say, oh, that's a bad shot. But for Clark, like, it's a good shot. Yeah. You know, she, she just turned it on and hit logo threes, and it did not matter. Like, Michigan was, like, triple guarding her, and she was still hitting these incredible shots. Mm-hmm. And so I think she's a player like that who can just take over games in the most incredible possible way. So she's definitely an anomaly when it comes to, like, how do you guard her? Because when she's on, she's just going to hit insane shots. That, for most players, would be bad shots, but for her, they're good shots. When you say seven points against Northwestern, like to me, that just seems like, how does that even happen? Because she hits yeah. threes in her sleep. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she could just hit three threes yeah. in a matter of 30 seconds. So Logo threes. Yeah, logo yeah. threes. So Which are hear, much more fun than regular threes. So much more so fun. So much more fun. I feel like Steph Curry has kind of ruined... Now, I shouldn't say no, that. No, continue Curry. it. He okay. has. He's ruined basketball in the sense that everyone thinks, or at least they want that highlight not thinking that they can be like Steph because to be like Steph, you got to 
you know, oh, have years of experience. Work. You have to and work, work so hard. But just to have moments like Steph, everyone thinks they can have that, and it doesn't happen that often. You know, I watch like I watch a lot of basketball, and nothing frustrates me more than watching end of game situations, and everyone tries to be the hero by yeah. hitting step back threes. Yes, yes. Get to the basket. Every yep. single great coach is going to tell you, put it on the floor, get to the basket, and get fouled, because everyone's expecting a step back three at this point, and the likelihood of you hitting that is low. So, to me, like, but Clark again is a player that can hit those kinds of shots. And, like, Steph Curry, in a sense, like, who is so talented, and I'm a massive Steph Curry fan myself, but, like, from the standpoint of, like, ruining the game, which is a common criticism you'll hear, a lot of young people just want to shoot threes. I wasn't allowed to shoot three-pointers so I was in fifth grade because I wasn't strong enough. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. And so it yeah. ruins your form. So, I, and it's funny, I need to actually ask Caitlin Clark when she was allowed to shoot threes. But uh, I'll find out this week. Yeah, I'll find out this week. I'll ask her. Yeah. But, you know, I I think it's so interesting, though, because, like, our game in general, I think you see this on the NBA side as well. Like, it's so, like, you have to, in order to be a pro now, knock down threes and also play inside if you're a big man. And, like, just being a guard. Like, you have to be able to hit threes. Um, And the game's so much faster and more spread out that way. And I think the women's game are starting to see that as well. But I also have a great appreciation for the traditional post players as well, which is why Iowa is so successful because they do have a traditional post it's player both, right? in Monica Sonato. Yeah. So, like, they do. Like, Iowa can shoot the crap out of the ball. Am I allowed to say crap on a podcast? Uh, I don't know. You can say I've marked these ex- as explicit before. Oh, you, really? You can so say I can use, like, cuss want. words? Oh, man. Yeah, if you want to. It's I'll a big just deal. Have to change the little setting on the. Uh, on no, no, the no, no, no. I'll, I'll try to keep it as okay, clean as possible. Clean, but please, um, I know. Don't want to know what my parents would say. Um, <laughs> no, but I think what makes Iowa so dangerous is they can play inside-outside ball. And it's a, there's a beauty to that, in my opinion. And same with Michigan. Like, they have such a dominant post player in, in Nas Hillman. And I think about Alexis Markowski at Nebraska as well, who's that traditional back-to-the-back post player. But Markowski can step out and knock down threes, which spreads the floor more and opens up everything offensively for Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as I've gotten older here, like, I didn't – I don't think I fully appreciated – the Golden State run of a few years ago with Steph Curry and everything um, as much as I should have because now I feel like, for, for me growing up, I was a big Michael Jordan fan in the 90s. Sure. Uh, huge Michael Jordan guy. And obviously Jordan, LeBron, whatever. You can talk about that. They're both great players in their own right. But, like, the greatest shooter of all time to me is Steph Curry. And over the last few years, I, I feel like – I've, I've been able to appreciate that more. Like there's just a, recently, I think of the last couple of days, there's a, a video of him just practicing, like shooting from like inside the free throw line, free throw line, step back inside the three-point arc, three-point between the, the circles at the logo and back. And then he finishes with like a floater that goes 20 feet in the air and he makes it. And I'm just thinking that skill set, I've never, I've never seen anybody be able to do that ever. Right. And you know, I think people see that on the internet and just think they can do it because I think right. Steph Curry and Caitlin does this too. Like they make it and look Caitlin. easy, yeah, yep. and like it's not at all easy. So um, that's a big, big thing people need to keep in mind while attempting these shots. Yeah. But like Steph Curry, I mean, I can't even imagine the hours he puts in. Kobe Bryant used to wake up at three in the morning to go work out. Like there is a certain like level of yeah. You know, I, th- I think we all watched uh, the Last Dance when. Um, the pandemic was in full swing. Mm-hmm. And the one thing like listening to or talking to, you know, players or journalists rather like Mike Wilbon at Northwestern, he was a Northwestern grad, big NBA um, television correspondent and whatnot. And he said that he would interview Michael Jordan at like 5 a.m. because that's when Jordan would wake up to go work out and he'd be done and have time to work out. Like people, his teammates like clearly didn't love Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan like had that almost like 
it factor in himself where he was such a killer when it came to winning that like you have to have that instinct in order to be this highly successful basketball player. Kobe Bryant had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, Steph Curry to an extent has it as well, where you just dedicate all of your time to this craft and they have, I mean, obviously made their mark in basketball forever, but that dedication, people aren't willing to do it. Mm-hmm. So they want to come out and just jack threes from the logo and they're like, frustrating when they don't go in but in reality you have these players that are dedicating all this time and energy so they can do that yeah it's so crazy how much the game has changed okay since we're talking about Steph Curry I did have a question for you I had uh construct a lineup okay so we're playing co-ed we're playing co-ed co-ed okay men and women Mm -hmm. you get six players five starters and then bench you don't have to signify who you know uh specify rather who who's on the bench um but you get to construct a lineup you get one bench player you get three men and three female players. Is Who this college or pros? This is, um, you know what? I'm going to allow you to mix and match current college pros. And if you want to dip back and you want to go Jordan, you can. Okay. Or whatever. Just whatever oh my in goodness. your prime. What a Big, great question. I know. I, I, I totally just opened it up wide up. Wow. For I you, mean, by like the there's, way. yeah, what direction yeah. do we go? So, well, like for me, so just yeah, give you Let me hear. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, Obviously, I'm going to go Jordan. I'll probably go Curry because I'm in love with his shooting. I'll go LeBron, and those are me my 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 three men. Um, I might go college just because Caitlin Clark is unstoppable right now. Uh, I might go Candace Parker, um, just off a WNBA championship. And who would my third female player be? I don't know how old I want to go. I might go uh, Sabrina. That's a good one. Yeah. So who would you go? So my all-time favorite basketball player on the men's side is J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick? J.J. Redick. Is, I was number four in college because of him because he was a shooter. And I, I yeah. was a three-point shooter, and I loved his game growing okay. up. I also okay. had a massive crush on him when I was, like, 13. So, so. wait. Oh, okay, so we're, we're picking J.J. Redick for you. I was picking – oh, J.J. Redick's totally on my team. Okay. J.J.'s okay. on my team. All right. Um, I'm going J.J. I think Kevin Durant's the best one-on-one basketball player in the NBA currently and maybe potentially ever. So I'd get Durant on my team, even though he would be terrible in a media availability situation. <laughs> but then we got to play some defense. I'm going Draymond Green, which might not bode well with the Wisconsin crowd, but we got to ha- we got to play some D. Okay. Okay. So I'll go Draymond. Um, so we got JJ Draymond. What a three X three team we got there. <laughs> and then for my females, I'm going. Um, I want another shooter. I want Allie Quigley. Okay. From the Chicago Sky. I'm going to go Skylar Diggins because she's so competitive. Like and she's it. a baller. And then finally, ooh, who do I going to go with my last player? Oh, man. I like this the is dream tough. team when they took Christian Leitner. They took a college player. Take I know. I don't uh, want to inspire. You know, no. Kaylin's a good choice. No, I'm taking Veronica Burton. Oh, really? 100%. We got to play. We got to have some defense on our team. For sure. And Veronica Burton's the smartest college basketball player in the country. Big 10 defensive player of the year. Three time. What makes her so smart? She understands the game better than anybody. Her ability to anticipate on the defensive side of the ball and keep in mind how fast, I mean, you you do this, like you understand how fast this game goes. She anticipates better than anybody and she can run a team. And so like, she's going to of all the big 10 players, she potentially might play the quickest on a WNBA team because she has the ability to command a team and get everybody in their spots to be successful. And not many players have the maturity and the confidence to do that. But Burton's just cut from a different cloth. Um, Big fan. So she would, she would definitely be on my team. That's interesting. I like that. Veronica we got enough Burton. scoring with uh, Durant and yeah, and Allie Quigley and JJ Redick, and then Veronica Burton's going to 
play defense with Draymond. It's going to be great. We got that's actually a good balance there. I like that. Yeah, I'd like to play against your team. Okay, well we should set it up. We should set it up. <laughs> See what we can do. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about your broadcasting career. If I'm correct, you interned at Big Ten Network. In I did. Twelve. Yes, I did. It was 2012. 2012 yeah. And oh my gosh, that was ten years ago. We're in 2022. Oh my goodness, how old am I? I'm 30 now. I just turned 30. Oh, you're pretty old now. So old. Um, I'm joking, but. What was that experience like for you? And did that kind of lead to where you are now 10 years later? You know, it's so funny. So I am one of those crazy people that like knew what they wanted to do when they were 16. And I tell every, I talk to a lot of college students and I'm like, it's okay if you don't know what you want to do. My sister is 10 and a half years younger than me and she's a sophomore at Northwestern. And I'm always like, you do not have to know what you want to do. Like she's a rock star. She's going to do amazing things. But I was 16. We moved. So my dad's the head coach at Northwestern for the women's basketball team. He was at George Washington for 19 years. So I grew up in the Washington DC area was devastated. My family made me move. I still hold it over their heads to this day. Still milking it for what it's worth. Um, it's not worth much anymore, but, um, big 10 Network. we, we have, um, we, I have a brother with autism, Joey. And so we actually moved to Chicago because the services were much better for people with special needs in the Chicago area than they were in the DC area. So, Big Ten Network came out to my house when I was 16 and did a story on my brother, Joey. And I remember just like the lights and the camera and the storytelling. I thought it was the coolest thing in the whole entire world. And like people got paid to do it. And I was like, this could be a job. And to me, like I was 16, that's what I wanted to do. Because Big Ten Network came out to my house and like did this huge feature on my, and I got to be in it, which was also very cool for 16 year old Megan. Yeah. So I ended up going to Northwestern. Actually, I was never going to, I played for my dad at Northwestern. I was never, um, I never wanted to play for my dad. Like that was never something I thought about until kind of the opportunity came. I was talking about, uh, potentially going to play in the Ivy league at, um, either like Harvard or Yale. It's kind of who I was talking to. Um, but my dad like wanted me to come to Northwestern, thought I would be a good fit. And I wanted to do journalism and I wanted to stay close to home because of my brother and my sister and our family situation. So, um, I was able to go to a great journalism school, best journalism school in the country, I, I like say, to say, with Medill at Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah, yep. both great. Yeah. Uh, and so I was really fortunate when I was at Northwestern to intern at um, the Big Ten Network just with our proximity to Chicago. And it's kind of funny, a full circle moment. I just came from a dinner uh, at St. Elmo with the uh, one of the heads of Big Ten Network who actually hired me to be an intern, and now he's hired me for the tournament. So it was just kind of like a cool first full circle moment for me that, um, you know, I got to intern and now I'm still in the Big Ten Network family. And that's like, I feel so fortunate and blessed to, you know, be where I am now. Yeah, that's so cool. So, wh were, what were you thinking for your career path before that happened with the Big Ten Network? Because I was going to ask you, like, what made you want to get into broadcast journalism? But right there is, is yeah. the answer there. Was there a, a different area you were thinking about before that? You know, I like, when I was like younger, I thought like, the Nike or Under Armour reps at schools. I thought that was like the coolest job ever. And I was like, I could do that. I also legally blonde is one of my favorite movies. And I always kind of wanted to be a lawyer as a result. Um, I wish there was a more sophisticated answer to why I wanted to be a lawyer, but I loved Elle Woods. Yeah. So like sue me. Um, but no, I just, I, I love the con. I, I, you know, I'm very outgoing. I'm a very, I'm a people person. I love to learn about people. And to me, like journalism, such a great job because you're literally storytelling and you get to, you know, learn so much about people as a result and you get to share stories. And I'm ultimately a liaison between the athlete and coaches and fans. And like, to me, that's like such a cool job that I take a lot of like ownership of and 
like I, I am very honored to do it. Yeah. And, and also you have this unique ability too. I was reading at your website that you, you used to join your dad on recruiting trips, mm-hmm. you used to break down game film, you oh, attended yeah. practice. Hey, that's how I got to stay up past my bedtime was if oh. I was watching film with my dad. So I really just like out, outdid my mother in the system right there. So what was that like? Like how old were you watching game oh, film? Oh my with goodness. Your dad? I was like, well, when I was like six, I would go on recruiting trips with my dad wow. and like so much of it, you know, like my brother had autism growing up, you know, my mom is the most amazing woman ever. And so she had her hands full and she was a stay at home mom taking care of my brother. And my dad has this crazy full-time job as a college basketball coach. And so like I would go with him on trips. I remember one time we went to Ohio recruiting and he would let me pick out the rental car and we were in like Toledo, Ohio. And I picked a red convertible because like, why not in Toledo, Ohio? And he, he got us a red convertible. And so like, um, that was like an early memory I have, just like me and dad riding around recruiting in a red convertible. He like still has notes that I would take at these tournaments. Um, and I'd be like, this kid has no left hand, whatever. <laughs> like, I mean, I was harsh. I was, I was, scouting. I was scouting. Like, yeah, yeah, started him early. But yeah, I would be like, you know, I was in like fifth or sixth grade and I would stay up late with my dad watching film. And just like, I, he to me is like my idol and everything that he's been able to do to me is like the coolest thing ever. So and that's got to give you a heads up, like as far as an analyst role yeah. at the Big Ten Network, right? Because you've been doing this for so long, and you're a player because you guys watched film yeah. and, and studied that too. It's just as a player, you know. And it's interesting, like you know, I didn't have like this illustrious college career by any means as a player, but I always really understood the game at a high level, and like to me, being a coach's kid allowed me like that opportunity to really learn the game from a different perspective. And to me, that's, I think helped translate me over into the analyst role, um, the way it has, because I, I just see the game a little differently. I think, um, as, as a player, cause you know, you, I think you have to have some perspective regarding that, but also just from like being a coach's kid and like knowing what my dad would say or like what he looks for. So I think it's helped kind of make me a complete analyst in a way. Now, I was also looking at your website, too, and you say you enjoy cooking and you enjoy golf. So do you, I mean, do you have time to cook? And if you do. Okay. So like right now I do not have time to cook, but when I do have time to cook, I can throw down. Like I can honestly, like hosting is like my Super Bowl. I love hosting a good dinner party. First off, I am a charcuterie board master. Love making charcuterie boards. I saw that on your Twitter. Yeah. Oh, charcuterie enthusiast. A hundred percent. And that's like more so a result. Like, I mean, like pre-pandemic. Am I right here? That is like meat. Meats and cheese. Meats and and nuts and fruits. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But like, it's very soothing organizing it. And it kind of started as a joke. But then I decided to just like, you know, you gotta, you gotta be your, you you gotta be your biggest cheerleader. Right. Sometimes. And so like, I pump myself up regarding my charcuterie board assembly ability and somebody has got to do it. And I do it for myself. So, um, but now what's kind of like, you know, I've kind of stabbed myself in the, like in a sense, because like anytime I go over to my friend's house or like any family gathering, everyone's like, Megan, where's the charcuterie board? Or like now it's just expected, mm-hmm. you know? So like, that's what you get for pumping yourself up so much regarding you got that for the regarding rest of your a life, craft. By the way, like you're going to have to do that. Oh now. yeah. No, hundred percent. So Which like, you know, it's like, it's a responsibility. Not everybody, you know, not everybody has to do those types of things, but so, I, I have accepted this responsibility. So, so what is the best, uh, I can't even say the word combination of a charcuterie board. Yeah. Go for well, it. Well, first off, you gotta have like a hard cheese, a medium cheese and a soft cheese. Oh yeah. In order for it to be a true authentic charcuterie board. So like I, my hard cheese, like, I mean, you're a Wisconsin guy. We can go with a good cheddar okay, of sure. some sort, sharp sure. cheddar. I mean, it's gotta have some flavor. I really like Munchanga as like a 
medium cheese, like or a gouda. A gouda is a great medium okay. cheese. All right. And then as like a soft cheese, I prefer goat. But like I would also I mess with brie. Um, I love a good like blue cheese. I mean like anything moldy, give it to me. Okay. Love it. Okay. And then like your meats, I love a good prosciutto. You got your salamis. You got your capicolas. Like I mean, you're next you, level. You got to right assemble now. it. At the one oh, I also love wine. Like it's my if I wasn't a basketball analyst or like a sports broadcaster, I would be a som. Like that would be my dream job. Mm. Full disclosure. Um, but yeah, like you just kind of like throw it all together and like throw some nuts in there. Like throw, I like to like, you know, mix up the mustards and the honey and like the jams and you just kind of have yourself a good time with the crackers and open a bottle of wine. It's a great time. So why haven't we seen that? Well, aside from maybe the wine on the big 10 network, why haven't Fair. we seen this like little extra segment from you? This is, you this should, is, a segment I mean, right now. You, you know, I was just at dinner with my bosses and this is really a question I should have asked them yeah. at this dinner. Um, you know, you know, I just, I don't want to take any of the credit away from what's we're seeing on the court because like some people might be so overwhelmed by my talent, yeah. which our crew board assembly that they, I mean, I, I would never want to outshine anybody. If the broadcasting thing doesn't work, I think you have a second career already lined up. I mean, I, sh- I might. I might I might just quit this at some point to, to pursue that. But <laughs> we'll long, see. How long have you been into golf? Okay, so the golf thing, funny. I'm terrible at golf. I really like it. Like, I I want to be good at golf. I'm not good at it, though. During, during the pandemic, like, I worked at it quite a bit. And, um, like, now I'm, I'm making consistent contact with the ball. I more so enjoy, like, I enjoy, like, the idea of golf. Um, I need to continue getting better at it, though. But it was something me and my dad would do during the pandemic, my sister and my mom as well. And we just, like, would go out to, like, you know, the driving range and hit balls. Because it's all you could do during the pandemic because it was safe because it was outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could socially distance. So, um, but, yeah, like, am I am I a great golfer? No. Am I a decent golfer? No. But, like, I can, you know, I'm a good time. On Like, I'm a, I'm a value add to any type of foursome, and I could, like, you know, make my way down the course. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're going out to golf – it's going to be warm. You're going to be out sure. for four hours. You're going to have a drink. You're going to relax. I'm great at the drinking part and the relaxing part. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can crack a couple of jokes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and honestly, like, for probably the skill level of you or I, like, if you can get a few holes in a row where you're feeling good, like, that's kind of what you're looking for. Because, yeah. And, okay, so the thing with golf for me, I'm a big, uh, if I can get out to the golf course, I can. Oh. Like, the second you hit one and it feels effortless – and it's straight, and it's long, and it's perfect, exactly what you wanted to do, that is what keeps you coming back. For yeah, for game. sure. Yeah, another round at the golf course. Like, if we're playing best ball, for oh, example, which yeah. is, like, the only way I can really play golf. Um, okay, yeah. Like, if we're playing best ball, and, like, I maybe, like, get a couple of, like, holes where, like, I, we play my ball, then, like, my confidence level is, like, through the roof. I mean, I am I'm Tiger Woods. Yeah, if you can just get a couple, like a, a couple or a, a if it's like, approach shot or yeah, something. Yeah, just like an approach or like I'm actually like pretty good with my wedge as well, like okay. surprisingly. I don't know what in my brain and body like clicks when it comes to like the wedge. Um, I wish it was the same with my driver. But like if we can get a couple best balls where like it's my ball, then I'm like value. I mean, come on. Just Here's like my... call me. Call me Rory McElroy. Okay, Rory. Here's what I'm thinking. Like I feel like it's that basketball like. Um, depth perception or whatever. Sure. Like in the short game. Yeah. Like it's like a jump shot. Like you know exactly like. The yeah, that's of, you're probably correct on that. Something like but that. But you want to know what kills me about golf is that like I try to hit like in my mind you have to hit the crap out of the ball mm-hmm. for it to go far, but you don't. Like it's the opposite, and to me like that always gets me because yeah. I'm like 
I, when I try to hit the, I injure myself. I get sore, really sore yeah. when I just try to hit the crap out of the ball. When I try to hit the crap out of the ball, I throw my back out. And yeah. I make these, like weird, like grunting noises. And it goes about as far as if I hit it perfectly effortlessly where it felt like nothing. Right. Yeah. It's the yeah. same thing. No, Golf is like, weird. And then like you just like, you like don't give a, you know what about like hitting a ball and all of a sudden it like goes like a hundred yards. I'm like, what did I just do? Yeah. And it's, it's totally no. straight on. Um, all right. So what is your role at the Big Ten tournament this week? So, oh my goodness, my role at the Big Ten tournament this week. So I will be sideline reporting every game. Okay. And I will also be the studio analyst for every game. So I'll be like, I'll be a part of everything essentially. And then sometimes in the middle of games, I got to get off and go interview a coach coming in. So like, mm-hmm. we're just going to be chatting with lots of folks across the Big Ten, which I'm so excited for because I really think that we have the best conference in the country regarding talent and the coaches and the players. It's just, it's going to be a blast. Okay. So let me ask you this because, um, I got your contact information from Chris, Chris of Oster. Yes. And my guy, great guy. He's, he's the best. He's yes. just so kind and such an awesome guy to, to, to talk to. And so one of the things I've been doing with Chris is I'll text him words to say during a broadcast. For example, during an Illinois volleyball match, I told him to say orange crush, which is very, you can get that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, he, a, it's like a reasonable word. Yeah, and he did, and he, he crushed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I told him, oh, shoot, there was just one just the other day. I think he was doing Iowa and was it Iowa and Maryland? Um, I don't remember what I told him, but he, he got it on the air. So I guess my point is this. If I texted you a word mm-hmm. to say, would you be able to handle that and put that in the broadcast? Honestly, if I was serving as the analyst, my answer would be an overwhelming yes. Okay. But as sideline slash studio analyst, it's an I don't know. Mm. But, like, try it, and we'll see what happens. Sure. It's a little more difficult to work it into, It like, is, because I don't have as much time to talk. Sure. So, like, you know, when you're an analyst, like, you don't have to shut up, which is great. Uh, but when you're a sideline reporter and the other studio stuff, like, you got to be a little more precise with your words. So, but do it anyways. Let's see what happens. Okay. I'm going to try Because I'm competitive and like I, I will like try to do it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try this yeah. during the Big Ten tournament. But you're, you're right because I mean how much on-air time you just, you know, reminded me like during the game, the, the play-by-play person will talk, the analyst will talk, mm-hmm. and then they'll go sideline every once in a while. So mm-hmm. you're very limp. You have to be very efficient with you do. your report. How do you yes. get good at that? That's a great question. We're going to find out um, okay. how you get good at it. <laughs> Uh, you know, my background is actually in reporting. So I, we, as we sit in Indianapolis, I lived in Indianapolis for three and a half years. I worked at one of the local TV stations as a sports reporter and anchor. So, um, being, having that background in reporting kind of helps me regarding like being precise. And I also am really fortunate. I get to do some big 10 network football reporting as well for studio side. So kind of like having to figure out like key pieces of information, you really have to pick and choose like what the most important storyline is. So, um, I'm hoping that past experience will serve me well to speak. Uh, we'll see, send coffee if you see me or, you know, energy drinks, whatever, like pick your poison. But mm-hmm. it, I think there's so much to talk about that the hardest thing is going to be like choosing what storyline to go with because oh, like sure. there are so many great storylines. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I will try to text you if you're okay with this. hundred percent. Do okay. it. Let's do right. it. So you work in the first and second games on Wednesday? hundred percent. Literally all 12 games. And I'll be for a championship game for a studio. So I'll be here literally. I'm here all week. Okay. This Quite is, literally. This is going to be fun. I'm, I won't bother you too much. I only oh, no. Feel Chris free to bother. Once every I mean, and Chris Vosters needs to be bothered as often as possible. So. I saw some of the social media stuff you guys. Oh, no. Okay. What is the thing where you, you hold your hand and you, you squat down? So it's the Beyonce drop it challenge. It's Beyonce drop it yeah. challenge. I just it, seen this recently. Chris Vosters is a big. TikToker. 
kind of came out of nowhere. We're worried about him. Um, not not quite worried, but like you know, he's become a big social media guy, and like you know, he's very in on the trends. And sometimes you got to be like, dude, get it under control. So was this his his idea with the? Oh, it's his idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, did I happily and enthusiastically oblige? Of course. Okay. But it was his idea that he brought to the table. Okay, I saw that with Foster's, and I was I was wondering who that was. Was no, that no, you it, or him? No, he was the creative behind it. It's it's a trend on TikTok currently. The drop a challenge with uh the partition song by Beyonce. But um, so many challenges now. A lot of challenges, and we actually up. shot that pretty quickly. I forget what game that was before. It was a game last week we did together. It's but, fairly recent, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Chris Foster is just like the TikTok master now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I didn't know that. I'm gonna have to. I don't have TikTok. I've stayed off TikTok. Oh my god! Probably smart. I, it probably helps your productivity in life because I'm on TikTok and I could watch it for hours. I avoided Twitter for so many years. Um. And I was so happy with myself that I'm like, I don't have to do tick or I'm sorry, Twitter. I don't have to do Twitter. I don't have to do Twitter. And now I'm on Twitter and um, I'm embarrassed. Like if you asked me to show you your uh, my uh, like screen time, I wouldn't do it because I, I honestly I this is from my eyes only. Right. I don't want to see that. Are you embarrassed by things like that? Oh, no. I'm pretty shameless regarding like most things in life. I'm like, okay. take me as I am. I just spent an hour on TikTok last night where I could have been in a REM cycle, but yet I was <laughs> like, doing a, I was doing a deep dive on dancing and TikToks that I'm trying to memorize for my next, like, yeah, my next day Okay, where I want to learn TikTok dance. Well, then I don't feel so bad. No, no, no. Um, don't feel bad. All right. Well, Megan, I think this is the podcast. I thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. This is so fun. This is so fun. We should do it again. Absolutely. At me and Julio. And get a margarita. I was just going to say. While wearing a t-shirt from Scani and, and eating pizzas. at Ian's. Ian's. Ian's Pizza. Yeah. You I'm got in. them all. I got them all. I was just going to recap. Big sponsor girl. Yeah. I was going to recap the sponsors. You I just them. did it for you. Yeah. That's fantastic. Me there and we go. Julio starting this week. We will have discounted gift cards coming up next week on the podcast. Plus your chance to win gift cards to me and Julio. And we're thinking of doing a station event out there. So, I, oh. I mean. Maybe you should come out. Might have to. Maybe the drive from Chicago. I haven't told the part of the volleyball players, but I, I call Wisconsin volleyball matches. They just oh, won the championship. Rock stars, all of them. They're the best. Just the best. Such rock stars. Shout yeah. out to Coach Britt. Yeah. Oh, you good friends with Brittany? Yeah, she rocks. Yeah. Britt so rocks. maybe I'll get Coach Marissa Mosley of the women's team. Who also rocks. Maybe Britt, maybe a Dana, a Sid, a couple players. Uh, we'll go out to me and Julio. We'll have a big, uh, like, listener bash. You can come out if you'd like. Honestly, we- I don't know if I'm cool enough for that crew, but, like, I would love <laughs> to be a part of that because they're awesome. Me and Julio has the best flipping margaritas. And um, Ian's Pizza as well. You can sign up for the Ian's. I call it the Ian's Pizza Johncast Broadcast, Johncast Podcast Bracket Challenge. It's a long stupid name but i thought it was funny i think it's pretty funny yeah yeah um so you can sign up and uh possibly win a 58 inch 4k television plus we'll have bonus points throughout the tournament that you can earn to add to your total so keep uh tuned for that and the t-shirts this week is the aaron Rodgers t-shirt and we're not doing a video podcast this week because there's just too much technical difficulties but we've got the uh, aaron Rodgers t-shirt you can buy right now Hopefully he comes back to the Green Bay Packers, but it's the Chico, California. It's the forest green T-shirt. It's that tri-blend. It's that really soft uh, cotton with the uh, gold outline of the state of California with Chico highlighted. Big for Packers fans. You can check that out at johncastpodcast.com to help support this broadcast. 
uh, and podcast. So, hey, Megan, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. This is so much fun. You rock. So much fun. Thanks for everybody for listening, and we will talk to you next time we talk to you. Thanks for listening. Bye.